All right, joining us right now is my cousin and the very fine uh, writer, columnist, whatever you want to call him, with ESPN.com, and that is Ed Matz. Eddie, how are you? What's up, guys? How you doing? And we've called you so many things down through the years. <laughs> Which do you prefer? How are you? Which do you prefer, by the way, Ed or Eddie? Either one is fine as long as you don't. Just, just call me. I don't care what you call me. All right. Well, we're calling you today to talk a little bit about a column you wrote that Craig Heiss pointed out to me uh, where you said what I, I think some people are hoping, uh, others think is impossible, but that somehow you think through this uh, travail of losing Bryce Harper that the Nats are going to be just fine and maybe even better. Yeah, I, I was never concerned with the prospect of them not having him. I think you know he brings value, especially offensively. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've seen, especially last year, so inconsistent. And, you know, he's gone great. He can carry them. But the, it's, it's a roller coaster ride with him. And defensively, he was, he was not good last year. You know, he, he talks it up to playing some games in center. But even if you look at his right field numbers, they weren't good. And the eye test, to me, didn't look good either. And who knows? Maybe he was just protecting himself because he didn't want to get hurt in his free agency year. Can't fault him for that. But even even his best, like he's got that great arm, but I never thought he was great defensively. The right. numbers have kind of borne that out long term. So he's definitely it's definitely going to be a defensive upgrade in right field because Adam Eaton is the guy who's going to step in there. And last time he played right field full time, he was one of the best in, in baseball, like crazy good, like saved on something like twenty two defensive runs saved with the White Sox. Offensively. Yeah, he's a big bat in the middle of the lineup, and you got to be careful around him. But they've got so much firepower there. Juan Soto kind of takes over the, the marquee role in the middle of the lineup, and you got so many big bats in there. you got Rendon, and you got Trey Turner, and Adam Eaton, and they added Brian Dozier. So at a minimum, I think they're going to be just as potent without him. And I, I, if you factor in the defense, I think they'll be better without him. Eddie, let me ask you this though: uh, He lose. I mean, they lose him to Philadelphia, but then yesterday or the day before, Michael A. Taylor tries to make a diving catch in right center field. MRI yesterday shows that he's got a sprained knee and a sprained hip. And never heard of that combination Dave, before. Uh, no, but Dave Martinez says he expects uh, Taylor to miss a significant amount of time. That said, what was? Uh, a team that had a considerable amount of depth at the outfield position, all of a sudden uh, that depth has been shrunk considerably. How, how do you think they handle that going forward with the season coming up in a couple of weeks? Yeah, it's tough. And Howie Kendrick is already hurt, and Kendrick's a guy that can play infield and outfield. So now you're basically down. Those are the two guys who are probably right. your fourth and fifth outfielders right there. So it's not good. Uh and, you know, back to Harper, like, even if Harper's here and you lose Kendrick and Taylor, you're still in trouble. Right. But that doesn't really change that. But, yeah, it really puts them in a tough spot. It looks like Wilmer Defoe is going to take on the role that Howie Kendrick was going to have. He's going to play a lot of infield and a lot of outfield, probably more outfield now than he would have. I think I saw you start in center field today for their, their spring training game. Right. Um, so he's going to get a lot more time out there. A guy like Andrew Stevenson, who probably would not have broken north with the club if things were normal, might end up being the fifth outfielder. So they've got some depth that they can handle it. They're not going to be as effective as Taylor and Kendrick would have been. But maybe they need to sign somebody, whether it's like a who's out there, like a Matt Joyce or a 
Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who's. I'll tell you who's out there, and I was just jotting it down. I did this last night on Masson. Austin Jackson's available. Denard Spann's available. Carlos Gonzalez is available. Do any of those float your boat? Yeah, I mean, you know, for for a depth guy, a veteran who can come in and do what needed, especially you know, Span was with them. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. He he was well liked around around the clubhouse, good teammate. Uh, so at this point, you're just looking for somebody who can plug a hole and, and fill a gap until those other guys are ready. So yeah, I, I can see that making sense. And he back to Harper. I you know, and I've made this comment a couple times uh, over the last few weeks, uh, even before he was signed. I said, you know, and I'm in your camp with this. I, you know, I said, is are they a better team with him? I think maybe. I said, but are they, you know, as opposed to without him? And I said, I, I think with what Mike Rizzo did in the off season, uh, by not letting those negotiations hold him hostage, I think he did a hell of a job putting this team together. Yeah, there's no doubt they were extremely active in the off season, and they addressed basically all the needs that they had. Um, but one thing about Harper that I, we didn't talk about yet is the off-the-field thing. And to me, it's so hard to put a finger on it. It's so hard to describe. Craig, you know it because you're in the clubhouse a lot. It, there's something. There's always just something weird about that clubhouse when Harper was there. It was always, it wasn't like a 24 guys and one guy kind of thing, but it, it didn't seem completely uh Harmonious, for a lack of a better word, it was just—it was just always weird. And so, this spring, when I when I've spent time down there, it, it just feels different. It feels more cohesive. It feels like everyone's kind of on the same level again, for lack of a better word. And who knows if that stuff actually translates in the wing column? I would like to think that it does in, in some way, um, but it just seems like there was always like this cloud hanging over the clubhouse. Cause it was like, we were all in there waiting to talk to Harper if he showed up and it's not like the other players were pissed off about that or said something about it, but it just, it was always weird. And so it, things just seem like I said, more cohesive right now. It just seems like there's a better energy in that clubhouse and, and it'll be interesting to see whether that matters. And I think that's one of the reasons why you kind of take the stance that, yeah, they're probably going to be better off without him. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what's going to be fascinating is when they come to town. When Philly comes to town, which is the first week of the season, right? Uh, that's going to be just Do- fantastic theater to see how the Nationals fans respond, to see how Harper responds. He'll probably face Scherzer, I think, the way it's lining up. So it, it, I can't wait to see that. Does anybody know? Yesterday, I don't know if you're aware, Eddie, but uh, Bryce Harper took a 96 mile an hour fastball off of like sort of the heel of his foot. Uh, do we know anything about that? Anything more? X-ray, yeah. X-rays were negative. I know that. Yeah, I think I saw this morning. Kapler's not really expect, expecting to miss any legitimate time. I think it's just kind of day to day right now. All right. Um, before we let you go, we know you got to tell us a little bit about the uh, basketball game you, you're coaching in uh, in about forty five minutes. Oh yeah, big time national broadcast on ESPN seven. ESPN seven. I'm outside in my wife's car right now. We are at the Meadowbrook Athletic Complex uh, in Howard County. Uh, it is a I don't even know the name of the tournament. It's like the Howard County Elite March Madness tournament. So my my youngest Jonah is playing on uh, our team that's competing here. He's on the Pikesville Panthers. Ooh, and they the won Panthers. their first game, and now they've got another game coming up in a little bit. So, All right. Well, before yeah. we let you go to that, 
Let's chat for just a couple of minutes about the Nats offseason. Uh, if you were grading, uh, you know, Mike Rizzo, uh, would it be A, B, C plus, uh, you know, B minus, B plus? Where where would you grade uh, the general manager? I would say B plus. The only thing that keeps him from getting an A or an A plus is the bullpen, and it, it's hard to say if this is on him or if this is on ownership for just not wanting to spend the money, but Craig Kimbrell's obviously still out there, and that's a guy that if they get him, it makes them, it just they're already okay in the bullpen, and Doolittle's strong at the back end, but if you get Kimbrell to pair with Doolittle, and then it pushes everybody down and wrong and makes them deeper, he's not coming cheap, but it would have been nice to see them you know, they got Trevor Rosenthal, which is fine. They got Kyle Bearclaw, that's fine. Those are all very good ads. And they added Tony that, Sipp. Yeah, they added Tony Sipp. Yeah, Sipp Tony Sipp. And so, but you get a guy like Kimbrell, you know, it's, for all of Rizzo's strengths as a GM, and I think he does a fantastic job, the one thing that he consistently doesn't seem to value, at least as far as free agency is concerned, is the bullpen. Because he, he stacks up everywhere else and just, he just kind of thinks, oh, I'll add those these little one-year deals, those guys, and then if I need to do anything come July, I'll do it at the trade deadline. And to his credit, they do, right? That's how they got Doolittle in the first place. Um, but they've always kind of just left the, the bullpen piece, especially at the back end. That's kind of like the, the thing that doesn't really get the attention that, that all the other parts of their team does. And it's hard. You're trying to build a, ro- a roster. You only have so much money. Um, you know, but they, let, they didn't play for Jansen or Chapman or Melanson a couple of years ago when those guys left. And, so it would have been it would have been nice to see them make a big splash there. So yeah, B plus, I say, because right. everywhere else they had, he had a punch list and he basically knocked it out one you know one after the next. Getting Corbin was great, the catchers great additions, Jan Gomes, Kurt Suzuki. Uh, but if you get Kimbrel, A plus. What kind of season are you expecting out of Brian Dozier? Do you think he's a good candidate for a bounce back season? That's a great question. I feel like it wouldn't surprise me to see him go either way. Yeah. It also wouldn't surprise me to see, well, it's definitely now that Kendrick is, is it, I was going to say, it wouldn't surprise me to see him kind of continue to go in the tank and then have him not even be the guy, like the starter by the season's end, whether it's a Kendrick or a Wilmer Depot or even Carter Keboom, depending on how things go for him because he's one of their top prospects. Um, but I think you're going to see what you what you've seen from him, which is you know kind of a low average guy, gives you power, gives you pop, um, can run a little bit, plays decent defense. I think that's the, the big thing is, is the defensive upgrade, right? Because Daniel Murphy, for all he did at the plate, which is right. a good defender, Dozier is, is going to be a big upgrade there as long as he can uh, give them production offensively. All right. Well, listen, I really appreciate your fitting us in between games. Go Pikesville Panthers. All right. All right, guys, take care. Thank you, Ed. I'll talk to you soon. Give my best to Whit and the kids. All right.